Good morning, everyone. This is sharing your girl at Unwanted Sisterhood Podcast. I am super excited about today because we have a really special guest. Her name is Sarah. She has an Instagram called Journey for Jasmine, and we're super excited that she's on here to share her story. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. How are you today? It's been kind of a stressful morning, but uh, we're we're making it. (laughs) Yes, I can understand that. We we are so excited to have you here today. Um, Just want to start out by you introducing yourself a little. Okay. Um, So, as you already mentioned, uh, my name's Sarah, and I'm 35. I'm originally from Texas. Uh, but we moved to Georgia two years ago. Um, and then I have a blog uh, and an Instagram page. Both are Journey for Jasmine that I named after my daughter, Jasmine. And um, I also do taxes and accounting as my full-time job. So the fun stuff everybody loves. <laughs> wow. So you have your hands full. Yeah, it's pretty busy. <laughs> so I always like to start out with asking my guests three just little icebreaker questions just to kind of get to know you. So Waffle House or IHOP? Mm, that's a close one, but I would have to say IHOP because I really love pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Target or Walmart? Uh, probably Target. I can't get out of there without spending like $200 every time I go. <laughs> right. Target, especially for kids, like the the little clothes um, I know <laughs> they are so cute like Cat and Jack and I'm just realizing that which is just a tip if you haven't heard um they will take Cat and Jack back up to a year so keep oh. your receipt even if it's worn they will take it back I did not know that thank you for that yeah so that especially because it, it gets pricey it so, does and I'm like they outgrow them so fast I'm like I just bought you these pants and they don't fit you right so I don't know if they take the clothes and they give them to a charity or really what they do with them but yes and I asked Target myself because I heard it on Instagram but you know you can't believe everything here so I decided to go and ask and they told me yes so awesome well thank you <laughs> And last question, what is your superpower? Um, I think mine would be um, being able to multitask. Uh, I can do a a lot of different things at once and still keep track of everything I'm doing, which comes in handy with work and kids and everything that I have to keep in my mind at one time. Yes, that is definitely a superpower that you need to have as a mother. Yes, because <laughs> they all like to talk to me at once, and I'm like, okay, I have to follow all these conversations. And <laughs> right, so I was really because we have a lot of similarities in our story. So I was so ex- not I won't say excited, but it's always if you walk this journey, you um, most of the time you feel alone. So when you find someone that knows how you feel without saying it makes a difference so I um I was really drawn to you because of that so I wanted to start out by asking um at what age did you start your cycle 
So I had uh, my first one when I was 13, um, but then I wasn't having regular ones. So I probably went a couple of years without having one again and then um, had another one probably uh, when I was about 16. But again, they weren't regular. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, when did you realize that would be an issue? Because you're 16, so, not really worrying about, you know, having right, baby. Yeah, you're not trying to get pregnant and no. <laughs> you know, all that. It's like, oh, good. I don't have to deal with my cycle. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my um, my mom actually took me to the OB at the time or the, the gynecologist, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, they diagnosed me with PCOS. Okay. And they pretty much just said, here's some birth control. This will regulate your cycle. You know, if you want to get or whenever you decide you want to get pregnant in the future, just come back. I mean, no, nothing else. No really other information or so explain to you what PCOS was. I mean, in a broad sense, mm-hmm. basically that I, w- I didn't have regular cycles. The birth control would give me the regular cycles and that's all. Nothing else really about it. Wow. And I'm I'm hearing that story over and over. Um, just in my friend group alone, I have several women who suffer from PCOS, or um, they suffer from endometriosis. Like they suffer from all these conditions, and they just find out in their thirties really what it is or what it means. So it's so baffling to me. Just all these things are going on in our bodies and we have no clue. No one's telling us, you know, until it's we very get frustrating. Right. Cause, uh, cause one thing about having a baby is it's all timed. So yeah. <laughs> if you don't find out these things early enough, it causes infertility. So I'm, I am baffled by, by our, gynecologists OB, like they're not teaching us um about our bodies you know and we don't learn until later that's so frustrating it is and you know as I've as I've um dealt with this for you know a while um I've done my own research and uh realized you know diet plays a huge role in PCOS Mm -hmm. but nobody ever told me that Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I wish I had known that then. Because you could have done something about it. And that's one of the reasons why I always ask my guests when their cycle started and who educated them on their body. Because that, to me, for me, that's when it all started. And um, I didn't have the the best beginning when I when, about my cycle. I kind of looked at it as shame because I didn't really know and no one told me. So grew in me throughout my life you know so once I did learn about my body and what it did and and what I needed to do to keep it healthy and then to make sure you know um that I could one day have a a baby I was 25 so it's so it's just so interesting and that's one of the reasons why I created the podcast because um infertility is is huge 
and so many women are being affected and they're around us and we don't even know it because we don't talk about it exactly and it's so many things like I tell I'm in the beauty industry and I tell all my clients if you are 30 and you haven't had a baby yet or you haven't found the man in your dreams get your eggs freezed yes that's a good idea (laughs) and that way you'll have them if you don't find the man of your dreams and you still want to be a mother or even if you wait until you're older and because 30 year old eggs and 35 year old eggs are different right they're different um and timing is everything for us so that that's always my advice to women because no one told me you know the only way I found that because is when I was 25 I, even if it was a mistake, I went to the doctor and my gynecologist was also a fertility doctor and I didn't know that. So I went for like a regular pap smear and he did ultrasounds automatically. So you know how you go to the, to the doctor and you either have a um, normal pap smear or abnormal. That's what I was used to up until right. But because he went steps further, he did an ultrasound and he said, you know, your uterus is healthy, this is healthy, but you have cysts. So if you want to one day have a child, you have to get these removed and we have to remove it now. And I was 25. So had I not went to that particular doctor, I would have never known that until wow. it was time for me to have a baby and then when it would have been too late because I wouldn't have been able to because I had this right so, yeah all these things that should be like standard part of care just aren't aren't and we have it so that we can break that cycle so I'm 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 super excited when I find women who want to tell their story and share their story because we don't do that and it's it's time to change that I totally agree mm-hmm. so st- start me out or tell me um how it began when you had your first child or wanted to get pregnant I should say so um I went to um my OB or my yeah my OB at the time um and um I wasn't, I still wasn't having regular cycles when I came off the birth control. So they said, um, since I had had that PCOS diagnosis that they would go ahead and give me the referral to the fertility doctor. So I I took that referral, um, and I met with the fertility doctor. They confirmed the PCOS diagnosis, Mm -hmm. um, and then suggested, um, a plan of treatment, which was starting off with Clomid. So we tried that and I did not respond. So they canceled that cycle. And then uh, the, or it was like a couple of months later, I think we took a month or two in between. We tried a cycle with uh, an IUI and letrozole. Okay. And so that one was not successful. Uh, and I had also started doing acupuncture at the time. Uh, so I had been doing it about six months at the time Mm -hmm. and it did like amazing things, regulating my cycles. Like I credit it to regulating my cycles because I was not having regular cycles. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden I was having like normal cycles. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I got pregnant on my own, actually the month after the failed, uh, treatment cycle. And then 
he was born uh, nine months later, healthy, healthy pregnancy. That part at least went well. <laughs> okay. Okay. So how long did you wait before you tried again? I think my son was about two when we decided we were going to try again. Okay. And so we went back to the fertility doctor. Uh, I went back to acupuncture and we did um, some failed treatment cycles. Uh, I had a chemical pregnancy on one of the cycles and then I had a miscarriage. My, um, they were monitoring my levels to make sure they were coming down and they were, but then they started going back up again. And so they had to give me a shot of methotrexate to, cause they said it, it could have been ectopic, but it, it may not have been, they weren't really sure. It could have just been like retained tissue. They weren't really sure why it was going back up. So they gave me the shot and then I had to wait three more months to try again. Mm. So then we did uh, one more round of treatment. And at this point we were still on the letrozole, but I had to add in the injectable uh, follicle stimulating hormone. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that wasn't fun. I don't like needles, <laughs> but um, my husband, he tried giving me the shots and then I realized it's just easier if I just learned right. to do it myself. Right. <laughs> they they try, me. but you know, <laughs> yeah, that was me. I just realized, let me just get some cold peas, numb myself. <laughs> Because I had more control over it, but him doing it, I was like, Mm-mm. yeah, I know. I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just get over it. I'll just do it, and um, <laughs> and that one failed. But then I got pregnant, uh, the cycle right after that on my own. Okay. And so she, uh, everything was looking good with her. Uh, we saw the heartbeat, but then we went for our twelve-week um, ultrasound. And that's where they told us that she had what looked like a congenital diaphragmatic hernia. And that's basically where her diaphragm didn't fully form. There's like a hole on one side. And so it allows the, um, her organs to push up into her chest cavity and then they crowd out the lungs and the lungs don't fully develop. So our doctor told us basically she had a, 50, 50 chance of making it didn't really give much hope or many or much information about it even really. And then later on, we found out she also had, um, mosaic trisomy 15, which is also another extremely rare condition. One, I mean, I think I looked it up and there was like less than 50 cases of it in the whole world. Wow. And so anyways, we ended up losing her at 32 weeks. She developed um, high drops and then uh, she was gone. Wow. So it was a a tough pregnancy where we knew there was an issue, you know, fairly early on. But, um, you know, I chose to carry her as far as I could. She seemed to be doing well up until, you know, that that 32 week mark and then you know things just kind of progressed really quickly wow so how long did you wait after her after jasmine um i had to wait six months and so we 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 waited the six months and i did another round of fertility treatment with the letrozole and the injections 
and we were fortunate that it worked that time. And then I gave birth to my rainbow baby, a daughter, mm-hmm. um, and that pregnancy went fine. I had a little bit of extra monitoring, but um, they, the MFM released me in third trimester. Since it wasn't something that my body did, it was a chromosomal issue. Mm-hmm. They didn't really see the need to monitor me further after that. Mm. Okay. Wow. I'm so sorry. That's a lot. It is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then um, now I'm also currently pregnant and I'm 32 weeks. And this one was a bit of a surprise. We didn't do fertility treatment or anything. So Um, it's just that isn't that so amazing how you do all these things and then one day God just decides to surprise (laughs) yeah I was like well okay this is this baby was really meant to be (laughs) you know so so far so good everything looks healthy Yes, everything looks good. Um, I was released from the MFM again at third trimester. So now I'm just seeing my OB and um, I'm on my every two week appointments now. Um, we're having another girl. Aww. So I'll be um, my firstborn's a son and then followed by three girls. So he considers himself to have three sisters and he's like, no, not another girl. <laughs> Ooh, that's so sweet. So out of everything that you've been through, what do you think was the key for you to keep going, like to keep trying? I think the biggest thing for me is just, despite all the fear and all the anxiety that, you know, I still feel every day Mm -hmm. that I didn't want to let the fear be stronger than the hope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think hope is very powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just important to not give up that there are better things in front of us. Mm-hmm. And do you have a support system around you? Like, do your does your family understand or are they like, beautiful son, you know, why keep trying? You have a beautiful daughter, why keep, you know, or are they supportive of every decision that you've made and you know are making sure you're healthy and whole through the process they have been very supportive um I love my family I'm I I was actually really sad when we moved to Georgia because my family is still back in Texas and so I've been here you know without them Mm -hmm. and um but no they've been they've been there for me the whole time and I'm very grateful to have them Mm-hmm. And it's so important to to have a support system around you, even if it's just to listen, because like um, my mom would tell me, I really don't understand. But, you know, you can tell me whatever it is. And and just a listening ear made a world of difference because someone who has never had to worry about their body failing them or feeling like their body was failing them, they don't really understand sometimes. So um, they end up hurting you more than helping you. Even if they love you, they don't always know the right things to say. Like I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've done a whole show on what not to say. <laughs> and that's important. I mean, I really feel like people aren't aren't trying to be hurtful, but it's like, just stop and think about what you're saying. Would you right. want somebody to say that to you? No. Right. <laughs> and and the old the old thing your mother used to tell you, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Say, you know, you're my thoughts and you're my prayers, you know, if you need anything as far as food or can I help you in some kind of way, that, say that, do that. Yeah, that's but, all you have to do. <laughs> right. And and let them know that you're there, but but don't do that. And also, I think it's important for people who haven't been through loss to know that saying nothing is saying something. Right. So, right. you know, don't disappear, please. Right. Right. Just show up, you know. Just be there. Hold my hand. You know, like, uh, do all those things. Um, um, and I, I found that even when I, because um, I have a seven-year-old and he's a twin. And some of my closest friends didn't call me. And what they would tell me later was, because I just didn't know what to say. And I'm like, all you had to do was say pick up the phone and say hello I'm thinking of you you don't have to say anything just show up you know yeah, it doesn't have to be some profound like statement <laughs> right right but um um and it was hurtful you know luckily I had my husband and my mom um and my closest friends but a lot of people that I thought would be there were was not there and it was all because they said they didn't know how to be there so um, I think I think this for a lot of people they just don't understand and my hope is to show them you know and and, and kind of make them understand because it's so important because it it affects so many women and we stay silent a lot of times because of that right so I I, I want to create a safe space for that because when you're going through it, it's really hard. It's it's really hard. It is. Mm-hmm. You feel very alone. Go ahead. I was just going to say, even if you have, you know, supportive people, it's still a really lonely time. Because mm-hmm. even, even though my husband was there every step of the way, he, he could never understand what it truly felt like to carry two babies for nine months, feel them, hold them, talk to, you know, he still couldn't under, it's not physically possible for him to understand that part of me. And he was there. So it it could be extremely lonely at times, but I'm I'm glad you kept going because now you have your rainbow baby again. And she's she's crazy because three year olds are crazy, but <laughs> but no, I I love them. You know they're mm-hmm. they're great. <laughs> I'm very grateful to have them. So, um, do you think you'll be done, or will you stay open? Uh, well, we were going to be done after our rainbow. Right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> are you uh, done? Yeah. <laughs> yes yes I think we are done <laughs> I think uh giving birth to this will be my fourth child to give birth to um you know hopefully my third living child but mm-hmm. yeah I don't think 
each each pregnancy has been progressively harder on my body, especially you, as I uh, get older. Or vaginal. I'm sorry. Are you having C-sections or vaginal? Oh, vaginal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's been uh, it's been this pregnancy's been better. Um, it was a little rough with my with my rainbow. Um, just, I had like bad sciatic pain and, Mm. you know, things like that. And now, um, I was, I was 27 or 28 when I had my son and I'm 35 now. Okay. So, you know, I mean, it's not, I hate it because I'm considered a geriatric pregnancy. Isn't that word? It sounds so like, they tell you, and they tell you like your first or second. So this is going to be considered a high risk, like for me, my, because it was twins. Um, this is considered high risk. Pre- I'm like, okay, like you're, you're dooming me from the start. I know. I'm just like, way to make me feel old. Do I need to like right. pick out a cane to walk right. with or something? I don't know. It's right. just. A new word, because that's not working. it's the worst and I saw it like on my chart yeah and that's what it said like geriatric I'm like I'm not 70 okay (laughs) right right. (laughs) I'm 35 I'm still young I'm still young let me be young let me be great don't do that I know don't do that so out of everything you've been through what is the one thing you wish or you would like people to know about your journey um I think the best thing for me has just been to not try to go through things alone Mm -hmm. because like like we mentioned you know loss is a lonely time and I think that if you accept help from others when they offer it I think that's a good thing and Mm -hmm. you know if it's just a, a listening ear if it's a meal they bring to you if it's you know, helping you clean the house. I mean, whatever it is, don't be afraid to accept it. That's huge. And then I also think educating yourself is important too, because clearly doctors won't always help you with that. No, that is, that is one of my true, like you have to be your own advocate. If I had known, you know, like my, my doctor with the with the CDH diagnosis, she basically told me nothing. So I had to go do my own research mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where I found out that there actually are specialists who can treat it. Um, you know, some of the time it's not always successful, but they at least attempt to treat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she never told me that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. And I don't think that's right. So no, not at all. And I'm not saying like doctors have to, doctors can't know everything, but they can at least help you point you in the right direction and not treat um, women like numbers. Yes. Um, Because even if this is something that you see every day for us, it's not right. It's not. So we don't want to hear, you know, this happens all the time. This is the way of your body. We don't want to hear that. Like we need you at, at that moment to tune into us us and not um putting us in a pool you know um i i think that that would be extremely important as well mike how is it helpful to be like well miscarriage happens all the time okay but that doesn't help me (laughs) (laughs) not to me 
right (laughs) right so yeah that that's that is incredible where your story is so um it's packed it is (laughs) it's packed how do you how do you get through it like um what are you using because I know you have a blog as well as an Instagram um, where you are sharing your story. Is that a way of healing for you? It is. Yes. Um, I actually, when we got the original diagnosis with Jasmine, I started writing um, about just everything I was going through with the pregnancy itself. And then after we lost her, I started writing about that and I found writing writing it all down to be really therapeutic for me and just sharing with other people. And then I don't know if you've seen on my Instagram, um, the other rainbow skirt stories that I share, but, um, I, uh, I, I turned it into that. So a way to help other lost moms share their stories. And I find that helpful to help other people. Great. So everyone, I just want to um, just thank Sarah so much for sharing her heart. Her story is impeccable. And, you know, make sure you go on her Instagram, follow her. Um, She has a ton of information. As you can tell, she is willing to share and help you if she can in any way. And I just want to thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate you. Well, thank you for having me on. I love, I mean, you know, love, I guess, is a weird word to say, but I like being able to share my story. (laughs) Right. And she's a neighbor. She's right around the corner. I know. How crazy is that? (laughs) Crazy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too.